Game begin. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Spike Colony podcast. I am here with the Furnace Punisher, Michael J. Flores. Don't use that kind of language in front of me. And I am your co-host. You know very well, I played. Uh, Phoenix Chick. I'll be I'll be a Monastery Swift Spear today. Maybe I'll be a Kumano face. Oh, yeah. Oh, you get to be Monastery Swift Spear. I played Furnace Punisher at something called Store Championships that Roman tricked me into playing. I came in literal last place. Literal. Yeah. You can't finish any worse. I came in the last place. You know what stupid Roman finished that weekend? Um, top first one, place. baby. First is the worst. Am I right? Yeah. So that was an interesting weekend. Because um, Roman was came over and I let him stay at my apartment for two days and we just had cool meetups like you and me and uh, Roman and David Tao and Rebel just played pre-modern and ate barbecue and Roman's payment for staying in my apartment was to is predictably to record Ancestor Recall. Do you know how many episodes of Ancestor Recall we recorded? Um, less Any than guesses? one. Fewer than one. Less less than one it is um yeah that was poops uh and then that weekend and then this past weekend uh because your wife had a heck of a party it was an exciting party with exciting entertainment uh we have not we've just had too many real life hangs and no 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 uh, virtual yelling about pre-modern <laughs> And fanning the we flames played of pre-modern. Yeah, we played plenty of pre-modern. We did, <clears throat> we did a meetup just this past Thursday. What do we do? Yeah, we did meetup Thursday. We did my wife's thirtieth birthday party Friday. Um, I went to Hudson, New York, party. for a little R and R trip upstate. Lots of fresh veggies in Hudson. Lots of farmers market food. Huge fan of that. I mean, you married a vegan. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then come back and I find out that in New York, we're being blessed with consecutive zero rake um, cash tournaments uh, hosted uh, at QBK Sports, regular, regular uh, venue yeah. to uh, uh, vintage and pre-modern uh, challenges is what we're calling them, uh, hosted by David Kaplan. Uh, so no rake there and then no rake at endless life brewing, which is becoming fast, becoming an additional pre-modern, uh, hub, hub hang. Um, so, so that's, that's aiming to be a one K and then the QBK sports is probably going to be close. It's just slightly less but, but 800 well, yeah. because of the, because of the space and Kaplan only charges 25, but Kaplan gets 30 people for his vintage volleyball tournaments. So here are two things. Um, Phil Nguyen released the official uh the the well he didn't release it yet he internally re released it to the new york discord uh the um uh the results of of all of the official meetups uh and you know who finished first and second in the number of meetups one we it is a mystery uh <laughs> until that comes out but but it's it's actually uh, it's actually just first and then tied for second all the way down the line first it's i'm trying to give you props friend <laughs> but 
I got. You don't even remember the. I got ghost. I got ghost prop. So uh, Phil, Phil, you, uh, Phil looked back at the ledger and was like, oh, "I have, I have miscredited. Uh, the, I gave the wrong Spy Colony host one of the W." So. Oh wait, really? Yeah. I had five. Something along the lines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, that's not even what I want to say because the the volleyball meetups are non-canonical. So no volleyball meetups went into the official Sacred Torch rankings. So if somebody finished first without any of the volleyball meetups, you might ask yourself, how many volleyball meetups did that person win? And the answer is all of them. Um, I wonder how that, would, uh, how, how that would factor in that person's momentum chances of winning an $800. I mean, Probably we, not, one, right? one, one would hope that everyone is saving their anti-Michael J tech for when there's cash on the line. Uh, they did it to you at lobster con with no caps cash on the line. They, uh, they did it to you in sacred torch showdown. <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> we, you know, we've gotten together the non Michael J New Yorkers and we're just like, here's the deal. <laughs> let's let them, let's let them take all these little three, four rounder meetups. Little, three, four <laughs> yeah, just so, yeah. so he's, he's feeling good. He's feeling strong. He's like hyped to play his silly little deck uh, and then just crush him at the one K, but we'll see. I mean, maybe well, the, the, the uh, maybe the plot armor swings back. Well, here's my thoughts about this. Number one, number one, are you saying I'm Cody Rhodes? I win every match except any match that matters. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, undefeatable in matches that don't matter. Um, you don't know who Cody Rhodes is. Of course is, not. Of course not. Yeah. The American Nightmare, son of the American Dream. Is he, son uh, of is he a wrestler? He, he is a sports entertainer now. Okay. He left a all elite <laughs> wrestling, a company he co founded to return to the world. Uh, world wrestling entertainment so they're not wrestlers they're they're sports entertainers in in vince mcmahon's company anyway yeah he's he's famous for never winning a match that matters never losing any other matches um so uh i you know i wouldn't mind being cody rhodes uh he he fills in a suit nicely uh that's one secondly i mean i just have good humor about this if i don't do well in one of these tournaments i'm probably threatened to quit pre-modern until you fill me with Fried chicken. Fried chicken once again. Like, yeah. oh, I love. I'm like, oh, oh, I love free I wanted. Again. I wanted to. I wanted to call back. You. You recently reposted the article in which you uh, recounted the very first match of Magic that we ever played against each other, which is also the day that we met. Uh, in the top eight yeah. break during that article, you talk about stuffing yourself full of like power bars and food, and then you go on to win the tournament. Oh, I left to. to I went to Panera. Yeah, I ate just, a bunch of Panera, and then I went to. What's the name of that bread cookies place? I don't know the name. Like Pret a Manger. Yeah, sure. You so just I like carved, Panera, carved the fuck up, I and we're Panera, just like ate a meal during my Swiss round that I had off. Came back, won my top eight round really fast. <laughs> I'm like, how much time do I have? And they're like, you won in like instantaneously, forty minutes. I'm like, excuse me. <clears throat> I went to Pret a Manger. Did you? Um, and I won the last round. Yeah. Did you have a lobster roll at Lobster Con? You know, I don't eat carbs, so no, I did not eat that. It was a Sunday, though. Or is it Saturday? It was a Saturday that, um, so you could have cheat day the lobster roll um, to, to give you enough carb buff to defeat David Tao in the finals. Alas, it was not to I, be. Uh, I don't remember what I did. What did we do? We ate, we ate brunch breakfast the next day. That was fun. Oh, yeah. We went to a diner. That was sick. It was good times. 
I must have cheated at some point. Didn't I eat like an entire platter of chicken fingers? Yeah, I mean, something along the lines of like, you know, you, it was all downhill from there as far as um, as far as what I what what you've said of uh, just unable to t- take out the lobster con weight. It was like, oh, one, no, no, no. I, I'm carrying between five and ten. One pounds, singular like, weekend just completely two, knocked you weeks, off. Yeah, uh, two, I don't know. I mean, it's six months at this point, I'm still carrying it. Um, so, uh, how, how do we feel about pre-modern? Should we just reflect on our year in pre-modern? Love, Should we talk about pre-modern. what we're playing? You, you reflected on a year of playing pre-modern burn with your, uh, meetup victory recounting, which you can read all about on cool stuff, Inc. Um, is there anything else that, uh, stands out to you? You know, of course, besides starting, uh, you know, uh, a, a, an exciting podcast with your best friend, um, or in my case, my very good friend, um, uh, Sacred Torch, amazing. Um, just like I don't know, the for list. one of us, for one of us. I mean, it was a good, it was a good time. Good times were had by all. Um, I, I literally best... threatened to quit playing pre modern that day. <laughs> you were so, you're like, why are we doing I'm so this? mad? Why do we do this? I hate pre modern. <laughs> And I had some fried chicken and then I, I just wanted to play pre-modern again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's like the, you just gotta, you just, you have to play red deck. It's like me playing Grotog. It's just like, I don't, I don't even care what happens. Like, I'm just, I'm just happy to be playing my favorite oh, deck. I, so what is the order of these tournaments? February 2nd through 4th is the stars, uh, the star city. SCG game. Hartford. January 5th, yeah. 13 or 15th. Oh, January 13th is QBK uh, Sports. Dave Kaplan's. Yeah. Okay. So that sounds like a landstill event, I think. Honestly, we I, should I'm like still- we should like hook somebody like we should hook some out of towners to just like do a three tournament stretch. You know, just have take a little New York I literally sabbatical. Own two elves decks. I I offered my elves decks to locals who just play proxy cards for the Star City tournament because they just they're, they're not allowed to play their gold cards. Right? Yeah, exactly. So I should just I literally own two elves decks. You can borrow one of them. Um, I mean, I hope they don't you know throw my three thousand dollar deck in a trash can or something. But um, uh, I I think I'm very likely to play uh argent not in star city and very likely to play land still at volleyball and very likely to play elves at um at brewery but who knows maybe i'll play argent not at none of them because i was tricked again <laughs> remember, remember when i tricked myself by winning like consecutive meetups with land still and i'm like this is the best deck to play at lobster con it wasn't it was not should have played argent not i mean it ends up catching up with you like at some point the so blue white dreadnought notably won eternal weekend uh us in the hands of a in the hands of once more yeah once more a somebody who's new to the format so if you've got a friend and they're a pretty good player and they're like oh let's check out this this pre-modern format see what it's like hand them blue white dreadnought two out of two times it's resulted in a finals um uh no it's actually three you have to know what's the name with meddling me actually That's three three out of three times because nathan merhefke doesn't actually play that often and he uh he also top two i think he might have not top two his first tournament but he he was in the finals of the tournament with sam black in the uh dreadnought uh versus tax knot uh matchup but <laughs> i i maintain we call that we should just call that deck left shark that's sure. next <laughs> left shark now um it's jeff it's jeff you know like that yeah yeah jeff uh, jeff the baby land shark yeah yeah it's just jeff um i think i am just waiting like 
basically everyone should be playing goblins goblins is incredible um i played against goblins this week in league ethan polinger won the finals with yeah. it yeah, oh, uh, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no, that's that's that. I almost forgot to mention that. Uh, shout out to Ethan Pollinger for non-idiot Ethan Pollinger. Um, uh, demonstrably non-idiotic. Uh, uh, de, uh yeah, uh, just crushed uh the Misty Mountain, uh Misty Mountain Winter Finals, Winter Cup, whatever they're branding it. He defeated friend of the podcast and Illuminati member Aaron Dix. Uh, and my, my pre-modern hero, Aaron Dix, a pretty, uh, fun three game set. Uh, you know, not uh, if you're Aaron, uh, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I in, think in the words of the master, fire blast from, from winning. I mean, aren't you always right? That's the, that's I know the, he molds a five, but I think if, I don't know, I think if he drew a mountain, he was going to win on double fire blast. That's what it looked like to me, yeah. but we'll never know his hand. It's just my ability to read my opponent. That leads me to believe that. They use very close well. He he left the jackal pups in, which um honestly, I think he was just screwed up. Yeah, that's a that's just a blunder. Although, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess jackal jackal pup is pretty bad, right? Because you just you don't want to block a pile driver with jackal pup, and then what else are you blocking? The siege gang. I think jackal pup's okay, if, especially on the play. Um, so I was like really thinking about this because I hate to say this because I heart these guys. I heart BK. There was just arguments about who's the beatdown in the in the finals, right? And I think BK had it closer, but um, I I I think it's real interesting because for the longest time, Aaron used to claim that Red Deck was the favorite against Goblins in pre-modern, and I I never thought that was true. I always thought that Goblins was maybe a slight favorite, maybe a heavy favorite, but I never thought Red Deck was a favorite. But it seems to me like Goblins has really a dominant position in terms of its ability to seize roles. So if you look at it, let's contrast two matchups. One one matchup being red deck versus elves and one matchup being red deck versus goblins, right? So if you're playing like red deck versus these are two two creature-based tribal strategies that are very explosive, powerful potentially, right? So if you're like red deck versus elves, red deck can play all three gears against elves, right? In my opinion, the pre- the preferred gear is gear two. And I I I prefer that mostly because of you, right? Where you were like, uh, Sulfuric Vortex allows you to play gear two better. That was such an unlock for me. And I've been playing pre-modern for over a year and it never occurred to me. I think I used to side out my Sulfuric Vortexes because they didn't affect the battlefield. But now I'm like, this is actually, this is fantastic. You have Sulfuric Vortex going, you have a small clock, even it's not, it's not a big clock, but it, it just alleviates your being forced to use your burn cards to kill the opponent because you know, lightning bolts on a land off doesn't feel good. Yeah, right? exactly. Like that was the whole that was the whole thing that you were you know talking about in the uh, in that match to make uh, top eight. Yeah, of Berlin, the Berlin Suarez Berlin, match, yeah. right? It just doesn't feel good. I'm like, I would have made that play, and so would Aaron, but it does not feel good. Um, <clears throat> but if you have sulfuric vortex, it alleviates a lot of this, and um, you just play gear two. And the elves deck can't really beat the red deck playing gear two if the red deck just assembles like a pretty basic combination of cards, like a curse scroll or a grim lava mancer, one lava dart, and uh, and a sulfuric vortex is almost unbeatable. Right. Like as long as yeah, it's, you just can never beat them, even if you have uh, and if you have survival, you can kind of 
uh, you know, keep up with them, but not really. You, you, you can't assemble, you can't assemble explosive mana, even with survival against that combination of cards. One lava dart is enough to, to derail the entire, uh, the entire elves machinery. This is true unless they're able to get off a natural order, right? So, um, if, you know, they land a second turn wall of roots, you might just be boned, right? That happened to me in the meetup that, uh, that I won last week, right? Because you cannot play gear two against uh, Verdant Force or certainly against fans of Ashoka, right? But Elves is, I'm sorry, uh, Red Deck is great at playing gear one in this matchup, kind of. Uh, it can play gear one, but it's bad at playing gear one in sideboard games because you always have to side out Jackal Pup. The Elves deck will be very happy to trade basically any card for a Jackal Pup, right? Like that's the... Yeah, and in fact, their entire deck trades for Jackal Pup. They're happy to trade for Jackal Pup. It deals damage to the red deck. Um, it prevents them from establishing the board position. But the red deck is very, very, very capable of like kind of sitting back with some sort of passive source of card advantage, might be a curse scroll, and just falling into gear three basically can't lose, right? Now, contrast that with goblins. Uh, red deck... The preferred gear is actually gear one. Uh, and that's weird because, you know, the thing that I'm famous for saying is you don't choose gear one, gear one chooses you, right? You kind of have to choose gear one. And that's one of the reasons why Jackal Pup is okay because Jackal Pup is a gear one card uh, in this matchup. Um, uh, I think Caffeinated is really famous for saying uh, the second you, the second your opponent resolves a goblin ring leader, you, you just can't get, you have to go face, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like you don't have a choice. Like you cannot gear to somebody who just resolved a, 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 a goblin ring leader. It's you have to gear one them, and you can't gear three them. That's the thing. If if uh, if anybody's going to gear three anybody else, goblins is going to gear three. Right. Deck. The, the siege game right? commander <laughs> is worth. Um, you know, eight damage. All, with all the cards that red deck <laughs> yeah, plays yeah. that game, right? Like, um, so... <coughs> I think, so, I mean, notably, Aaron Dick started on the draw in game three, um, where a Jackal Pup just on the draw, just like, you know, it's never getting in. So, I, I would say Pup's on the play, and then on the draw, you just have to try to turn your extra card into, you know enough burn to get over the finish line because the pop the pup is going to be worse than a shock there like what it's so the problems are these one um they have goblin ring ring leader and a single goblin ring leader is so overwhelming relative to relative to well you just have to hope they up. so notably you just have to hope they miss their fourth land drop <laughs> like it's 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 not that hard the deck runs 24 <laughs> lands they can just miss their fourth land drop because you're you're burning out all the war chief right so if you're on the draw think about it right that you're on the draw they have access to one fewer card oh, I've, I've played this matchup <clears throat> just hope they I, miss their I, fourth land drop it's it. easy just just I've do played that an extended i've played it in legacy you have I've one played it in pre-modern you have like two additional turns you have two additional turns after the ringleader lands to most of the time you know uh before but, but before you, you're dead so yeah but that that just means that you need to gear one them right like all you're saying is that i'm not dead i well you just I gear one them without jackalpup you just do it without yeah, but i can't access my other gears right and the whole point of jackalpup in gear one is you get to hit them twice it's a one mana to four damage conversion. It's, but insane, it's never hitting right? twice, right? That's so here's the bigger problem. Do you ever see anyone play like Ethan? 
Ethan just kept uh, Goblin Matroning for Mog Fanatic. Like, he could, like, I've played against Goblin Master Jared Doucette multiple times. That dude never doesn't get a Goblin Ringleader. And if I could Ringleader like him, so would I. <laughs> that guy Ringleaders for four Goblins every time. That's why he always gets Goblin Ringleader with Matron. But Ethan just kept getting Mog Fanatic. And he wouldn't even play the Mog Fanatic unless he was just like, I'm only going to play this Mog Fanatic if I could get this Mog Fanatic down for value, right? Just held the freaking Mog Fanatic. Or he's just like, I'm going to play this Mog Fanatic as a prophylactic against Ball Lightning. You're going to have to use four mana to kill my Mog Fanatic and land your Ball Lightning this turn. I think he changed the game, and I don't know if people realize how well he changed the game. Because this is the best implementation I've ever seen of strategic operations in the bread deck versus goblin matchup like this is like goblins gear three they are and they're red deck gear three not even goblins gear three right they're just all rolls right if you're like first turn lackey and that doesn't get contained who's the beatdown? right it's not red deck they have to stop the lackey right then in like you're just playing this mid-range game there's like full-on beatdown. just okay we're gonna play a mid-range game and I've got a bunch of haste guys. You've got a bunch of haste guys. You've got some removals. I've got Goblin Ringleader. Let's play the rock against the rock. You know how you're always just like, oh, Michael J plays red deck like the rock. We're both playing the rock. Yeah. <laughs> I have four ancestor recalls and four demonic tutors to get ancestor recall. Let's go, red deck the rock. So it's like, who's the beatdown? Goblins. Who's the like the mid-range control deck? Goblins. Be like, who's the better combo deck? might be red deck that's why red deck has to win gear one that might be red deck but in the other cases and you're just like who's got the overwhelming material who's got hit after platinum hit who can disrupt your mana to take away your ability to do a you know a seven spell turn flurry because i have wasteland and and rishan on for it right it's goblins they have every roll heads up the only thing red deck can do is win faster and I think that's a huge disadvantage because the incentives are of red deck are that it has three gears. That's true. I mean, taking definitely when you don't have an option to play, uh, adapt your game to your opponents, uh, you know, that's, I mean, you said it in the same article, it's like the wheels fall off. You can't find a gear. Um, I mean, even more impressive is the fact that Ethan, uh, you know, <clears throat> Spent uh, testing, he kicked off a little bit of streaming action where they would do some <laughs> versus live style paper testing. That was hilarious. And then he was like, just like, I invented a new band deck. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is a Lanny deck. Like, post <laughs> this deck. I'm like, this is a Lanny deck. Y'all listening at home don't know what a Lanny deck looks like because he just played, once he gets to the PSS or something, he could still Lannyify a deck, right? He might take a perfectly good parfait deck and well, I'm going to add burning wish, right? He could take a perfectly good 12-12 deck, take out all the 12-12s and add like two psychotogs, still manage to win the PSS by not drawing any of the cards he put in in, uh, in exchange for the 12-12s. He'll still lannify them, but this was a full-on lanny deck. And then in, in lanny fashion, he's just like, well, tur come tournament time, I'm going to be replenished. I mean... <laughs> I'm going to be... <laughs> So I got a you know plunge deck sells four mox diamond so come on you <laughs> still lanny yeah yeah right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not but gonna I same seventy five like, yeah but um uh, you would not even believe this Lanny had this deck like a month ago which was like 
I'm a landstill guy. Now, I talked it. I talked about it on podcast. This is quote unquote landstill. Listeners that don't like have the memory of seen. a goldfish would remember me recount my adventures with this deck. Uh, my my podcast co-host, evidently not. Um, you can revisit. I don't assume everybody listens to every episode. Um, either way. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That deck is that deck is still probably good. I just need to figure out. Just gonna figure out the margins. It might be sweet. Um, it might be sweet. Uh, I mean, it might just be. It might just be. Uh, rich, rich chase. Um, ev- uh, evolution that sticks. The green white with a tiny, tiny little U <laughs> for Zer's weirding. Um, that makes the oh. difference. Um, do you know what I got in the electronic mail today? Uh, words of worship. Oh, did you get the same alert? Uh no, did I, just, I just tell you. No, I I knew. <laughs> it's very very easy guess. You were like I couldn't find yeah, words well, of worship. I ordered all the words of worship that they had in stock, which was two. So if you need one, I might. Yeah, I might, I might. I might. I might. I own one. the only other one on the internet. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think um I need to remind you to pick up um like a stack of spike colonies next time you're like ordering cards too. Oh, I could probably get like a hundred spike. Colonies. Yeah, you should. We should probably. We should probably start collecting spike colonies now. <laughs> oh man, when I oh I'm going home on Friday. I probably have spike colonies in the from from Stronghold the Limited from all the yeah. all the uh, limited that you played at the time. My teammate ran one of the Stronghold Limited PTQ. We we played a lot. Yeah. Um, Is it surprising? <laughs> you know, I won more limited PTQs than constructed PTQs, right? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me, but it would surprise many, uh, you know, who view you view you as a constructed guy. Um, well, have they ever seen the decks I chose to play? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, do you know how many you know how many duds you have to get through to get like one Napster? <laughs> oh well you designed the greatest tutor deck of all time. Yeah, you do a lot of garbage for every. <laughs> I, I got a. Critical mass. I got a real quick, uh, real kick out of Zvi's interview. I'm about an hour in so far um, on Humans of Magic, talking a bit about brewing. I encourage all of our listeners to uh, check that out. They spent about 30 minutes uh, on the front end talking about the impending AI apocalypse. Um, but then uh, Zvi starts to tell the story of the solution. And uh, what was the Fluctuator deck called? It had a silly name, right? I thought that was just called Fluctuator. Oh, I think uh, the, well the the red green deck uh, that the solution was solving for was, was called Rocket. It's called Rocket Shoes. Um, okay. Yeah. Does Zero Effect ring a bell? Yes, that is the name of it. Okay. The yeah. Zero Effect. Now I remember. Yes. Okay. Because the, they stuck up for Zero. Nice. Um. Uh. So that was pretty. Uh. That's a pretty cool interview. Anyways, I, I was talking about goblins and how like if people uh I don't know like. Ethan's, um, you know, obviously a solid player, uh, but if he can do it like with zero reps and just like win, you know, win a big Swiss tournament with goblins, like I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling everybody that they're sleeping on goblins. The only reason I don't play dreadnought at every, every turn, every league, every, you know, whatever is because of the threat of goblins. Like goblins should be, uh, you know, 30 to 40% of the decks in the room and it should beat dreadnought let's say 60% of the time. And I'd be pretty scared to, to run my dreadnoughts into. You think? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, we, we, we've put, we've put the matchup through pretty extensive testing at this point. Um, you know, plus compounded with, uh, 
some, you know, some real life outcomes. It's obviously close. Like Dreadnought's still crazy powerful deck, but Goblins is. I've only ever played. I've only ever played the matchup one time in a meetup this year, I think, and I was on the Dreadnought side and I lost. Yeah, I played. So. I have played Dreadnought against Goblins at one at a single meetup. I brought Blue White Dreadnought to a meetup um, at uh, back when we were still doing it at Jeff's office, and I beat Goblins, beat Landstill, and I lost to Jeff playing uh, Green White Terrigan. Um, and I beat the goblins player like pretty handily, but, uh, so initially I was just like, this was during the time where, where, where we were just like, um, you know, you still weren't sold on blue white. And I was just like, this deck doesn't lose to anything. Uh, and in a sense, the deck still doesn't lose to anything, but it beats, uh, uh, it can lose to goblins. And, uh, if people can finally figure out what to do with this, like Savannah lions deck, like every single, like every week, every day, somebody's like, Here's here's my white weenie, blue white weenie, white weenie splashing. Like there's there's a best white weenie deck. I'm waiting for it to get built because I don't um I don't like I don't I don't think that it, it like it just something about it doesn't work. I don't like the versions that play standstill. I don't like the versions that play like Mox Diamond. Um so like you're kind of like I guess the bigger issue is just that like I uh, you're like an incredible deck if you play Savannah Lions on turn one, and then like the rest of the time you're not that exciting. So, what um, if you were, what if you were like medium rebels, green white rebels, like Kai style, splashing yeah. for Wax Wayne, and then you had like baller sideboard cards like Ray of Revelation and Collar of the Claw, something like that for for well, sweepers. The, well, White Weenie right now, like. You're probably not that good against elves unless you have meddling mage naming survival. So you kind of like have to be blue white weenie. Um, and then you need something for combo. So once again, you have to play. What if you mage. were just what if you were just like um you know mono uh mono curse totem? Uh yeah, I mean I I'm happy to sideboard in a curse totem back. And any of I mean, the bigger question is like what you do against combo. Um, we have Curse Totem. We've had. Um, I mean, it's Curse not gonna, Totem beats combo, bro. Well, uh, it doesn't beat re replenish. Beats elves. It beats the combo half beats of Hermit Hermitfeb. Yeah, uh, Hermit Knot. Yeah, uh, it beats Devourer. I mean, when we say beats, I mean like they have to answer it or they can't win, right? Yeah, I but mean, I think the combo decks that it doesn't beat. I mean, it doesn't beat replenish because replenish will just have like five four fours on the battlefield, and then they can't activate their abilities, yeah, but, but they still get in. No, but you're a Wax Wayne Ray of Revelation deck against that deck. Yeah, maybe. But if you were eight Wax Wayne Ray of Revelation, let's go, bro. I think that's <laughs> eight okay. eight Wax Wayne Ray of Revelation. Um, uh curse totem <laughs> 12 your whole sideboard is wax wings. i mean you can play the wax wings main yeah, deck. I mean, the rest of your deck is just like savannah like <clears throat> also what's wrong with ramosian sergeant is that guy good uh i mean that's the thing it's like i don't like it just doesn't add up for me because you're not like a great beatdown deck right your ideal curve is is two power guy into two power guy into two power guy and i mean Sometimes deck, it's Mother of Runes into two power guy into like, I don't know, hold up counter spell or whatever. So you're just like getting in for two. Uh or like people were playing the Ramosian Sergeant tech with um standstill. It was it was basically like 
rebel still, but only like two sergeants, two whip quarters or whatever, just like rebel still with barely any rebels. But um, I think fundamentally you don't have enough Savannah Alliance, right? Like the great, like, I don't know. What are the, what are the greatest white weenie decks of all time? Like, what do they have that we don't? Oh, I mean, White Weenie won U.S. Nationals in consecutive years in the hands of uh, Matt Lindy and Kyle Rose. It won, um, uh, it won the Pro Tour in the hands of in the hands of Kai Buda. Uh, I mean, there's an argument to be made that the solution is a White Weenie deck, yeah. terrible White Weenie deck. I mean, like, uh, yes. I, I. I don't think that white weenie is a real strategy to play in pre-modern. And there's a very simple reason for this. First of all, how could you ever beat goblins? They have goblin sharpshooter. Like, well, a, the, the white weenie decks are just silver knight warship decks. So that's their plan. I guess the, I guess yeah, goblins has naturalized. So you can't, you wouldn't goblins really all green removal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're just, you're just, so, you're just like, knight, a, but, yeah, it's a silver knight exalted angel versus the goblins. I mean, Silver Knight's insane. Yeah, but Exalted Angel's just gonna die to a Gem Palm Incinerator. I mean, the that maybe. So that's part of it. But the the I think that if you're gonna go this direction, maybe you're just like Soltari Priest pants him up with an Armadillo cloak. Yeah, yeah. That's Priest cloak, cloak out of the sideboard. Rancor, obviously. Uh, Like Priest Rancor, (laughs) like Dreadnought can't beat (laughs) a Soltari Priest Rancor. They have to cast that dreadnought with above, you know, twelve life or whatever, because um, you know you're gonna get in. You'll, you're gonna like play more rancors and like whatever. And then oh, and they and they they can, if they wanted to abeyance you, they could. Yeah, that too. I mean, they have no need. Like abeyance right? or Orem's chant are available cards for what you need. But that's they just the, race on the battlefield. A, I'm, I don't like the goblins matchup. That's but that's not the reason why. I don't, I don't even think. Why, I don't know why you think the goblins match. Goblins is so bad against goblins. Can't beat clerics. Like they can't beat. They can't beat freaking dark supplicant. Like surely, surely my Michael's mother of runes. <laughs> surely my mother of runes silver knight deck. Uh, you know can defeat goblins. Like I'm just gonna meddling mage naming matron. You can't even find an incinerator. Lanny, that's not even the reason why. Dude, how could this deck ever beat Pernicious Deed? <laughs> well, if you're losing to Pernicious Deed, you don't get a spot on the boat. I mean, I don't know. Pernicious Deed. Luckily for us, Pernicious Deed is in a, a barely playable deck. Um, that, I don't know. I, th- this, uh, this deck both won a South American <laughs> regional championship of some sort, uh, some sort of nationals. And I believe it was in the hands of an extremely handsome spike colony co-host uh when he came in second at the consolation tournament at lobster con you had so much fun that day too it's like unreal it's also it's also it's not good it also is third in um in tops right now on tc decks of course it includes like you know fifth place out of 16 and whatnot but uh so I, I talked to Phil about this. I, I think we should we should start recording. I'll, I mean, I'll be in charge of it. I don't care. Uh, we would just deck pick the top. <laughs> if you're in charge of it, you know? this shit's not happening. I do you think I'm not going to type in a deck list if it means that I get to have a first place on TC decks every week? OK, OK, OK. <laughs> Excuse me. Touche. Um, 
Um, I'm going to have so many tops this year. I'll tell you right now. It's like, that's all you needed to get the fire going. Like, it's not enough to just talk about it. You need, you need to get up. 15 of the 16 other, other meetups I would have had a top four. (laughs) I didn't top four once, I think. Um, I don't know. I didn't show up once. So I missed one and I didn't. So I had 14 additional tops in addition to the five that you say that I won. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't. um, Some idiots going to be typing these in. I'm going to get kicked out of non-idiots. I'm such an idiot, but I'm going to type in the deck lists. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I need to show up to more meetups, but it's, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Um, I, anyways, I don't think losing to pernicious deed is a problem, um, for the white weenie deck for, in for so decks. far, in so far <laughs> as, <laughs> yeah, in so far as, as long as you win, maybe rounds one and two, you'll, you'll be in the clear. Um, and that's, oh, that's is that long. a knock on somebody who started off the consolation tournament at at LobsterCon 01? Yeah, <laughs> because he did. That is, yeah, that's it's it's pretty pretty accurate. Um, uh, you know, notably, I lost to the Rock in round one of <laughs> of the nice. Sacred Torch tournament. But you were just you were just it also playing. Oh, oh, those were my pernicious deeds, though. I yeah, yeah, those yeah. Yeah, if you get loaned a card, like you know, what's the what's the um likelihood that you're like you're gonna win it's just so high um you're just plot, you're just plus five plot armor yeah plus, yeah the plot armor i mean there's certain there's certain th- thing but um so uh like since since we last chatted our tier list discussion is um is climbing the charts in the Spy Colony Hall of Fame. It's up to the third most listened to episode of Spy Colony. And uh, for good reason, because uh, tier list content is like literally just uh, the only thing that anybody wants to uh, dig into. Um, we've gone at it about Oath Palouche. Um, I, I I just don't think it's the best <clears throat> deck in the format or close. Um, well, I want to I want to do like a quick deep dive in tech. The the quick updates is, um, uh, Fran posted another video where he went two and three. We talked about that a little bit. We've been bickering about how many mox diamonds belong in the deck. Um, friend of the podcast, uh, Ebbs or uh, Bryn from the Massachusetts crew, uh, got top four in um the Massachusetts, uh. Uh, championship we'll just call them all championships uh the dress crew open um or whatever i don't know how they branded it um he played the uh lanny's uh no no mox diamond list uh there were too many cycling lands though so he was just like always playing multiple turns behind uh putting lands to play tapped what was the point of me buying all these stupid mox diamonds now you're cutting them out of all the decks i mean it's before just, you were adding them to all the decks i, I mean for, of all the decks that you have had in your hands un, unreal to me that you haven't just you know gotten a little just sprinkle a little bit of query and dry it in there just to see how it feels you know just just try it just try it um, um, do you know how many times i've thought about playing your grow deck i just i don't want to play my embarrassing city of brass oh you don't have That's old border city of brass it's so free. Like so many like fifth edition ones. That's so like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You, I guess you should just ask Roland to keep an eye out for some FEBs, but even those are like, you know, they're like a, a 200 bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, it's just, really expensive. I, like I have to or maybe OGs are 200. I don't know. OGs are probably like a billion. Okay. Now I have to look it up. Things are so exp- like, like a, a foil original caves of Koilos is like $199. 
and like you could get a caves of coilos for 50 cents so like just, that's the range right. and you're talking about a caves of coilos not an arabian city of press right. there's no I, it must be much more arabian than is four hundred dollars for arabian is 450 yeah. uh uh renaissance is uh, a thousand and then fb uh fbb is probably in the hundred range <laughs> looks like i can't yeah i don't know man it's, it's, it to me. it's it's tough um, like, it's tough for me to ask sansa to do that for me when i own like 20 other ones you know like that's the thing oh, just grab a grab a posca pen fill in the borders of your fifth edition ones uh the fifth edition ones look pretty good with the uh, black border filled in um you know it's not the end of the world now 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 i'm a card vandal yeah why not i mean if if it uh if it makes you happy why not okay uh it, it doesn't I'm, make me happy to be playing a counterfeit i think <laughs> i think um i think i would i'm inclined to promote goblins to um best deck in the format because it it, it has always been it was the best it's like it, like it was probably the best deck in the format this entire time it's probably been the best deck in the format for um you know like ever but um um it's well, no, certainly no, no, no. I mean, not in the height of parfait it i mean i don't know is not good against oath decks i tom martell had never played in a meetup before and he beat me playing oath Belouche cold me playing goblins yeah i mean it definitely struggles against oath and that's why i liked oath so much into goblins but um after thinking about how like just thinking about goblins like on a raw power like so i beat goblins a bunch of, i beat goblins last two meetups straight with grotog and then i just played goblins again this week with grotog and this time they just resolved two siege gang commanders and i lost and then in game two they just resolved two goblin pile drivers and i lost and like i was just like See, thinking that's an advantage 12 12 has protection for blue doesn't stop you yeah i mean you would be very Wait, hard pressed just, to in this past meetup i thought didn't you just resolve two engineered plagues yeah but that was also against red black goblins where it was the hard lock um so uh you know that's slightly different but uh uh it, it just reminded me that got like sometimes like i was like literally like t telling myself i was just like oh my opponent's playing goblins like you know i could lose game one but i've got like a pretty like i've i love this matchup for grow talk and then you know they just like they just did you love it against me. me after you taught me how to play it because uh, i can imagine I, loving it before you taught me how to play it but after you taught me how to play it, it the the burn the <laughs> burn like you could oh the win. oh the goblins no, matchup? The yeah, goblins yeah the goblins matchup. matchup yeah i mean you still would probably um you would need to like so we talk. I mean, I, I I'm glad to talk about Grotog a little bit more because I think uh, it should play more in the metagame. It obviously got uh, top eight at one of the European Championships. It uh, got uh, top. Uh, it it somebody made the top cut in the monthly recently. Um, I think the deck deserves to be gaining steam because I think it's got a good Goblin's got good Elves got a good Dreadnought matchup. Probably has a good Oath Blush matchup. Um, That's actually I, I actually want to dwell on that for a second. I do think that Grotog is a very good deck uh as much flack as i give you over it i've continually been impressed by it uh not because it's so strong on raw power raw power i think it's a worse deck on raw power than everything like 12 <laughs> yeah but it's 
its ability to play into land still is much better than um than 12 12 and man you just draw so many fire ice against red deck and elves you look like a god every single time yeah i mean that's um, that's and your deck is just full of you know op so that makes sense yeah so you always draw it um and what's uh, your what's your draw suite opt it's all, all it's all 12 ones so slight slight opt ponder or slight opt port rather. so so in my red blue 12 12 i play slight and portent right uh if i played another one it would probably be ops but i don't understand why you're so happy to play those in grow a tog but then you're like gonna play impulse over the far superior sleight of hand in 12 12 well that i mean i think why that's pretty that? i think that's pretty self-explanatory because i think that blue eyed dreadnought not to me i don't understand i i played the I, other i, I think the other sides so i think blue eyed dreadnought is a is a combo deck and i think that um i think that Crotog is a tempo deck and um oh, it, okay so hmm, i think that blue white 12 12 is a combo control deck and i think that grow a tog is it's like a, it's probably like a fish deck yeah yeah is that what you're saying it's like, yeah it's yeah. Like fish. yeah i think people conflate fish and uh and aggro control a lot and they're like oh that's a tempo deck but fish and aggro control are different yeah i i mean the 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 way in which it's a tempo deck is like pretty um pretty specific but i actually um th this is a good segue so uh, uh shout out to mike arnold he is putting on uh once again the uh combo winter uh where you get to unban a single card and i was just like thinking about what i wanted to unban and i was like trying to figure out a necro tricks list and then i was just like man i'm just gonna put force of will and grow tog and i'm going to counter my opponent's banned card with force of will and then I'm going to attack them for one <laughs> like that's or attack them for two after I force because um, basically the, on. the only the only issue with Grotog is that it can't afford to play fork foil like you can't afford to have four free counter spells um, in the deck in the same way that 1212 does um, because you know 1212 basically exists on the axis of like um countering the removal spell on your on your threat equals victory whereas like you don't typically cons you don't typically work that hard to try to counter like somebody plowsharing um a like three three dryad i mean obviously it's a lot better if you have meddling mage in play the thing i don't like about grow a tog versus twelve twelve is like a psychotog in the abstract is more powerful than a, a dreadnought in the abstract but it can get pyro blasted. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that is a problem. <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> no, don't get me Here's wrong. There's a one casting cost spell that I have six copies of against your ace. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a good point. Um, especially because both goblins and burn have um, you know, tremendous access to pyro blast. And in fact, I but goblins only plays like two, but now I'm playing six, and only because of you. I mean, right? goblins you're, should you're goblins should goblin. probably play at least three or four. I, I don't think so. If I, I, I keep making this excuse, like, uh, you know, Mike came to, um, meet up last week and I, I said, you can have any deck you want, right? I have all the decks. He says, Oh, I, let me play goblins, right? I know how to operate a goblin lackey. And, um, so he yelled at me at the end of the meetup because all the good printing cards are in the red deck I was playing and all like the modern printing cards are in the goblins. Yeah. He came to a pretty modern meetup and you handed him your like most horrible deck to look at it's all it's all modern 
sports for the most part. Um, but uh, but I I that's literally just seventy five Deuce Goblins from the PSS. It, and that deck, not to criticize Jared, Jared's Goblin Master, but that deck was built during a time period when Parfait was a factor in the metagame, right? Yeah. And in fact, he was playing in an event that had you and Rich Shea in it, right? So um, if I were to ever actually revisit the Goblin sideboard, I've talked about this a bunch, I'd have cards like Sparksmith, I'd have additional Tinkerers, I'd have, I'd have additional Sharpshooters in my sideboard. Instead of all of these, you know, hull breaches or whatever, maybe I'd still have hull breach. I don't know. Like, but I'd have a different mix of, of uh, the cards in the sideboard. And the reason for that is, I think the biggest problem Goblins has is in sideboarded games, they get access to these powerful tools, but they, by definition, weaken. Can't, yeah, they the, can't uh, bring them in. <laughs> yeah, like you're just like ringleader for nothing, right? Yeah. Like that's the. It's you know it's like when Smiths hit you with his goblin lackey I'm like oh this is gonna suck and he just he put like a fanatic in play yeah <laughs> and he, then he was done yeah right like he didn't have any more goblins to put into play yeah I mean I so, think that um, I think that it's just I I think that you can crack it you just need um you know you just need to spend a tremendous amount of time on the sideboard matrix and just like kind of figure out exactly what you're trying to do like you know maybe matchups there just are enough matchups that aren't about good goblin like you know goblin ringleader like hitting that you can get down to one or like you can play a small ball game where you deal all your damage with two twos um and you can you know forego having siege game commander uh for one reason or another like i i think that uh you can come up with you know reasonable plans uh from the from the goblin side to to be like okay well if if my plan against you know dreadnought's like a great example right if, if my plan against dreadnought is to have you know six naturalized effects and like th three or four pyroblasts and a goblin tinker or whatever like you know you don't need goblin ringleader in that world right you you don't really need to siege game commander you just need you just need to land the tinkerer yeah right? you just need you just need a uh, mog fanatic and then the mog will deal 20 damage if your plan is to, yeah exactly to just like have tinker and protect it so um uh you know who i think needs some love i was thinking about this but I, you probably don't need him in in the sparksmith world is um uh, slingshot goblin Do you know what that guy is oh geez no so he's three mana for a two-two, right? So the classic great goblin stats shared by Goblin King and Goblin Warchief and others, right? Three mana for a two-two, but he has a sweet ability. Oh wow! <laughs> so this is horrible. Oh my god! I can't ability. believe I looked this up. I can't believe I it's looked this up. This is sweet one. He's a slingshot. Oh jeez! They can't see me. You can see me. I'm drawing back my. Yeah, this card's really good against Merfolk. Yeah, you're you're See, mirroring really the yeah, meddling mage. It's it, they don't. Some percentage of blue white pilots don't even have meddling mage post sideboard against goblins. I, I think it's I think it's right. Like I thought it was terrible, but then I watched um who who had it in the post sideboard games. Tom I'm probably seemed Tom. pretty good actually. It looks like good. It's a speed bump. Yeah, it looked good when we did it. I mean, it blocks lackey on the on the play. So yeah, it's 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 all right. It's not good. I mean, but like if it trades, trades a card for a card, it's not bad. You got like four ringleaders that are going to be depowered versus four gush. Oh, man. Gush against red elemental blast. I don't know if I love that matchup, though. <laughs> it's a terrible matchup. Yeah, I mean. So what you're saying is I get to return two lands to my hand. And, and I tap <laughs> I tap my mountain and discard a card. Good deal.
good deal. Um, that's yeah. like basically a plow under for R at instant. Like that's so sick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's well, you know, plow under. It's slightly less than plow under, but yeah, it's certainly good. Yeah, but it costs R instead of GG three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 definitely. I'll, uh, I'll take it. Not not a bad spot to be. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean. Goblins is insane. Uh, I was trying to tell people how to beat Grotog on the Goblin side, but um, you know, basically it comes down to like if you cast Siege King Commander, that can block a Quirion Dread like a bunch of times. So the Grotog player is basically forced to put the Gums player in in the abyss, right? And eventually break through. And whoever um, has more materials win. And you know, Grotog it's often goblins. Yeah, goblins has all these abilities to build advantages on each other. Yeah. Um, it's at least close though. Like, you know, you did like if Grotog can get onto the battlefield and start putting pressure on, you know, in like before like around the mid-game, you know, if it's like dryad plus psych talk or whatever, um, you know, and it can be in a position where it can profitably like, you know, threaten good attacks. I mean, this is just something that um uh you know helps with the sort of thing that i was putting forward where like you know your your tempo deck like you you're you tend not to win any matchup in which your opponent has infinite time like i don't i don't like grotog in any uh in any matchup where you know both player like you know it doesn't benefit grotog it rarely benefits grotog to to try to you know make it to turn like 25 or whatever because like nothing changes uh the inherent advantage of your deck is that you don't you know you don't spend mana so there's there's no advantage to having like eight lands in play whereas when your opponent has eight lands in play even your opponent's goblins and they have eight lands in play then and they can just go ringleader or whatever in some turn um you know that's not good for grotog um so uh uh what's nice is that grotog's like really good at uh creating creating situations where you're gonna like win in you know win in a short number of turns because you have a five five Korean dried or whatnot how, in play. How did you like the addition of Frostbringer to your deck? That was a concession because you knew that I was gonna play red deck, right? Uh you yeah, you mean winter orb. <laughs> Frostbringer. Yeah. <laughs> for for the audience. Um I didn't I didn't care. Uh I <laughs> I I didn't care. Yeah, I just it's I have one copy. I I like hate every like the card that I cut for a single win orb was like counterspell and like I still just like counterspell. I'm just kind of like cuz there's it's one of those things where like winter orb is like really good sometimes and then just just like a blank other times whereas like counterspell is at least always doing something. Um and I I I, I actually I actually think that Frostbringer is pretty bad. Uh and you locked me with it in one of the games, but you also I didn't. I didn't. Lo- yeah, I didn't lock you with it. You had one land in play. It didn't do anything. You had two chill, yeah. right? Like, so I was like, this Rossbringer did not do anything. Like, those two chill, yeah, was gonna. They were gonna contain my mana. I mean, it's good. a it's a reasonable counter to curse scroll. Um, but it's just like I, mean, I don't the know. Chills are a counter to a curse scroll, right? Like. Your opponent with like four cards in hand is not going to be hitting at a high. Clip. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think um, the anti red deck tech is is you know either chill, but you need four copies to make an impact. So like, I would rather play hidden gibbons and like have a deck like a, a card that I'm going to bring in against land still, um, or like stasis. You know, it's like hidden gibbons. Like if I had hidden gibbons against Will Hurst in the in the opening round of the PSS, like 
how different things would have been. Um, you know, I could have actually tried to take the beat down and, instead of my horrible strategy of just losing. Um, oh my God, Lanny, you think you maybe would have won the PSS if you had had hidden games <laughs> in that first match? Yeah. Like, do you think it's possible you would have been the PSS champion? I wouldn't have been sweating my breakers, uh, you know, until Tom, Tom versus Mike. So <laughs> Tom heroed you. <laughs> yeah. Tom just freaking full saved me. Um, <clears throat> uh, Replenish is still a great deck. Herman Feb is still a great deck. The Rocky land still are still acceptable. All right, let's decks. talk about tier list. Tier one goblins. Goblins. How many decks get to be in tier one? Three goblins, elves, tried not in oath. Pelush. I think the oath deck is still sick. I mean, we talked so about it last week. Goblins, you have goblins, elves. I'll have not an oath. Pollution. I'll have goblins is better. I'm really like my. I feel like elves stock has been falling for me recently, um, just because, like, I you know, it's just that kind of cursed totem engineered plague problem like goblins goblins is so good in the face of you like casting one pyroclasm or casting one engineered plague like elves was elves i was just watching the italian nationals and suarez just shrugged off two two uh 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 what do you call pyroclasms in the top four just like did nothing yeah i mean i think curse totem coming out of like a deck that already has like Oath of Druids um, is pretty good. I think that the, the Curse Totem can be played in every deck is good. Like, so the other thing was, um, I mean, I guess I can't use this as evidence, but uh, Fran likes to play Curse Totem in the sideboard of his Blue Eye Dreadnought deck. And he used that to be, um, you know, to defeat Survival Madness. So it's not, it's not the same matchup at all. Uh, but it it did like lead me to think I'm just like kind of like okay well if your deck does anything it can invest two mana in curse totem and really get there and then the other thing is that um generally speaking replenish has an incredible elves matchup so uh so let me uh let me pause for a second uh I think that the if we have four decks in the first of all I think it's probably five decks if you, five you decks just want to put burn one. in there you just want to put burn in there. <laughs> Well, Burn is definitely tier one, and Oathpush is definitely not tier one. So I'm not saying Oathpush is unplayable. It's just not tier one. Not enough people play it. A deck isn't tier one because you said it was tier one. It is It is I mean, on my tier list. Yeah. Tier <laughs> what are you talking about? Right? Like, Everything is what I say like, it is. Not not very many people play it, and it's it's just not that good, right? Like, And I'm talking as somebody who topped $40,000 tournament with it last month. It's not that good. It is... A, it is a playable deck, don't get me wrong, but it, to have Oath Pollution in the top four, when Burn has 3.5 good matchups in your top four, and, we're, and Goblins isn't a bad matchup. It is just, they have to play a certain way. Burn, Burn has does not have a good Dreadnought matchup. Okay, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's great. But the, great Oath Pollution but the balance at a but that's it has a great Oath Blues matchup, a playable Goblins matchup, and a great Elves matchup. But that's what's that's what's valuable to me with the with the emphasis, like where I place my points, um, is how likely I think uh, a deck is going to top eight a Swiss tournament, and I just I just have low that's likelihood. How many people are playing the decks? I understand. I'm right, just, so, but that's okay, but that's part of the, it. What is the lowest tier deck that you would think is like playable? Just name the deck. Enchantress. 
I think Enchantress is a good deck. Right? <laughs> I so think it's the I think it's like, the worst playable deck. <laughs> okay, not or the I don't rock. Say I don't know. I, that's like probably the rock. These are really low low tier, <laughs> right? But <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, if there's just like, a random like six round Swiss tournament, and I'm the worst burn, the worst deck <laughs> the worst deck that I and would you, try you to win it. Burn in the, Okay. Top three. You okay. don't think I'm going to make top eight? The the worst you don't deck. Believe in me? The yeah, I don't, of course I don't. The worst deck that I would bring to I would bring in an attempt to top eight a tournament, an attempt to win a tournament would be Grow Talk. And I probably am going to try to win these stupid cash tournaments with Grow Talk. It, the thing is, the Grow Talk's pretty good. That's like that's the thing. I I look. I you know who my favorite content creator is? It's Fran, yeah. right? I think Grow Talk's <laughs> a better deck than Espeluche, and I don't think it's close. I mean. I actually think that they are similarly good in that they are good. They are good, like 55% decks um, or, or they're like the, like the ways in which they're good is that they feel like they do something. They have access to a plan that's like naturally advantageous in um, in any matchup that they're playing. Uh, with the exception of burn, which actually both decks have in common, <laughs> like okay, burn so is the only place me... where these decks are like completely lost and like lost in like a way where they where the, where they're like, oh, like I'm screwed. It's like in the same way burn is lost against blue white dreadnought. And um, if you have, let's first of all, burn can win the blue white dreadnought matchup, especially by going gear one in game one. And separately, if you have six blasts in your deck. I think people should read slow playing the beatdown. I beat two competent uh, dreadnought players, including Dave Kaplan, when I won that meetup. Yeah, I mean, right? I, it's like it's. I don't I beat don't Roland and Dave Kaplan both with dreadnoughts in front. No, of and don't don't get me wrong. Like Iron Lungs uh, himself has uh, evolved to a zero percent uh, win rate against dreadnought to you know fifty percent across the last four matches, um, which is you know surely to improve over time as he understands the matchup. But uh, like. All I'm trying to say is uh, basically Oath Palouche and Grotog are like good, good versions of the rock. Like they're good. They so actually me... do. They actually do what the rock advertises to do, okay. which is to, to have game in every matchup. OK, so let me I, I completely disagree about Oath Palouche. Let me uh, give you my give me give you my assessment. Oath Palouche is like burn. First of all, and I hate analogies. So, yes, so that is not even true. I Stop saying you analogies. hate analogies. You're the most, uh, no, you're no. the biggest bullshit I, analogy maker. I hate of analogies. All time. I hate them. You're just so Oath Palouche is burn and uh, Grow a Tog is uh, elves. Michael okay? J hates analogies Bo like he hates carbs, guys. Both of the, I don't eat carbs. Just don't, don't watch uh, if I'm having a bad day. So, um, so, so listen to me. So Oath Palouche has a bunch of powerful cards in it, like Oath of Druids, for example, right? So it's an incredibly powerful card, unless your opponent's playing like Landstill or something like that, right? So it has, it has this, but the games have to come to Oath Palouche. I think that you're underrating that. Oath Palouche only has one gear. And like, um, Fran's always just like, oh no, you can play all these different ways. No, you can't. You win one way. You win by attacking your opponent with Treetop Village or Terrabore. That's how you win. Or like, or like you have these weird outlier draws, but they, they came to the deck. The deck didn't do anything to get them. When Tom Martell beat me, he just drew three Exalted Angels and cast them, right? And he has, he has like four or five lifelink against my small beatdown creatures. And he just like, here's a bunch of plows. 
here's a bunch of here's a bunch of exalt changes. It's nothing to do with being oath pollution. It's just white cards that no, but the, all came uh, this is like this is like the no, whole point just, of no bad cards. It's just like, a stack of freaking cards. But yeah, it has no agency. That's what makes it a good deck. Like no, the problem it's just, is it's white weenie. <laughs> no, 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 literally white. Weenie. No, no, white weenie. Okay, so this is like this is no, important. It's white weenie without the tempo. No, exactly. <laughs> no, I actually agree with that. I mean, one of the things that I think you might be unpacking here, which I think is really interesting, which is just that, like, you know, Fran is basically like Mox Diamond is like super good in the deck. Um, and we go back and forth. Like, Fran's one of Fran's arguments, and one of the arguments of people who like Mox are, are, are basically saying it's like, oh, you got to play a two mana spell on turn one. Um, and my answer to that is just like, okay, but like, what happens on turn like four? Like, are you still tapping that mox or are you just using it to like activate Richardson for it? It's like, how good was, you know, your yeah. oath on turn one versus your oath on turn two? Uh, you have no natural way to recover the lost card advantage and your deck is 30 freaking mana, right? Like these are big issues. I've played the deck in a tournament. You cannot control your draw. Your closest thing to controlling your draw is to like tutor for a Sylvan library that your opponent might have a ray of revelation for. Well, oh yeah, oh yeah. Me. Let's let's take a quick okay, let's, let's take a quick pause here because it's not fair for you to bring up Ray of Revelation when it's like literally the best possible card against the deck. <laughs> it's like <laughs> when I play that didn't even have Ray of Revelation, I'm like, Ray of Revelation would be good in this deck, but Fran didn't have it. So yeah, I mean, it. don't like take take that one up with Fran. Okay. You get your deck list from your podcast nope. co-host and not Fran from now on. Uh regardless, um, let me that's I, that's fighting words. Let me I'm saying let me counterpoint <laughs> different stuff from you, Lanny. Let me let me counterpoint this, which is just that like Nobody would disagree with the idea that um, that Oath Pollution, in a sense, is a pile. But the whole point of it, like as a pile, is that it's actually like a pile of cards that are useful across a very large spread of matchups and like useful, like, you know, one, it's like the best Cataclysm deck. Right. And like, why is Cataclysm good? It's like, well, Cataclysm is good. Bad. Yeah, because like Cataclysm is really good yeah, because. Okay. Some decks play a lot of lands and some decks play a lot of creatures and you have a card that does both. And so like, do you need to play portent in your deck to go look for this? Oh yeah. Some plays, some decks play a lot of enchantments, right? It's like, do you need to find play portent in your deck so that you can shuffle away your disenchants and find your plows or shuffle away your Armageddon's and find your wrath of gods? Or can you just, why not just play a deck that plays cataclysm? Like similarly, Oath of Druids. I mean, Oath Pooch has all those cards, Lanny. So, like, no, Oath Pooch doesn't it have it has, and pleasures and disenchantment. No, but it has neither Armageddon nor, nor, nor Wrath of God, and it is not, um, it is not compelled to start, uh, you know, for instance, I mean, I don't know, however many copies of, uh, like, it's a two seal of cleansing deck in, but like with no impulse, like, whatever, right? So, Land Still is like, if I need seal of cleansing, I'm going to impulse for it. Oath Pooch is just like, I, I might tutor for seal of cleansing if my opponent plays a turn to dreadnought. So um, you, you gain a lot from the raw average card power, like being very, very, very high, like much higher than decks containing, you know, mock fanatic, uh, which is sometimes great. And sometimes, well, actually the ceiling on mock fanatic is one for one or like 10 damage. I don't know. I don't know if you can, whatever. Mock fanatic can be a situation. Literally <laughs> naming one of the most flexible. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Let me, right, uh, here's a card that if it's in play invalidates the entire red deck, right? Um, okay. Here's a card that can either beat your opponent down or stop their combo kill. 
<laughs> I'm I'm comparing that that is a, a not good. Yeah, 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 fine. Um, but That's all of uh, one man. <clears throat> but I don't know. It's just like it's like a low synergy deck, but like you know the synergies that it does have, which is like Rich and Port and Sphere Resistance. Like Sphere Resistance is like the most controversial card in the deck because it's like the only card that's yeah, like not a mid range card. Yeah, yeah. Like Sitsis doesn't like it. I actually think it's good in this deck, except for I drew three of them against Sitsis. Yeah, yeah. So then I didn't like it. So, but so, it's like it's good because it gives you good resistance against twelve twelve. Yeah, yeah. Your point, but yeah, it's good resistance against twelve twelve, and then it just hits every like it hits most combo decks, and then it yeah. helps prop up your Cataclysm plan <laughs> and your Rich and Port plan, but. Um, to go beyond that, like the f- like, I I agree with you. Like, I think that like it doesn't. I I struggle. Like, it, it's insane to me because one, um, like I struggle with this deck. <laughs> like playing this deck, like more than everything was like I'm just sort of always lost. Uh, because <laughs> I don't like. I like don't know what I'm supposed to do if I have to just like guess what the top card of my library is. And like it could be a Sylvan library, so, could be an Oath of Druids, could be a port, could be like a land, you know, could be a tapped land. So, when I've lost to Oath Palouche, it's because of things like they get an oath. I'm like, I'm gonna go through this, and there's a 1919 and play the next turn, which had nothing to do with their strategy. They just happened to turn over 19 okay, lands okay. two lands. That's you like, need to you need to like that's I, this is not this is not good super goobery this is like not that that no no all i'm saying is they didn't pick anything no this is non-scientific it, game no 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 listen oh yeah listen listen this this is actually pretty simple because when you uh when you play in in, in matchups where it matters for you to produce 1919 terrorvores you tend to just bore down to one or two terravores or two or three terravores so that I, your terravores are always big. This happened to me in a game one. Time. I understand that it's happening so. in a game one, but like the fact that you're, you know, your fact that you're saying like, oh, it was like totally random and they got lucky. It's like, yeah, but the the influence they have over that, you know, is going to is going to be real in, in the majority of games. And like I'm saying I'm just saying it is not a deck with any agency. If you compare it to the rock, OK, the rock a deck that has a 40 the rock the rock is five percent this like i have you you like you're never going to win an argument that starts with if you compare it to the rock but the rock has a lot of agency you can decide whether to cast your duress your cabal therapy in what order you can decide what card to name you can decide to sandbag you can decide to play play a six five or, or cast a factor fiction in the mid game, you can decide what cards and creatures to get back with recurring nightmare, right? Like you, you find something and you pour gasoline on the thing that is good contextually in the matchup. It's like very, yeah. very low octane gasoline. All right, like we're we're talking it, about still, we're talking about like point five value. You're like, oh my god, I just spent six mana to draw two cards, <laughs> like, and I needed to Buddy. have I needed to have like wall of blossoms in my graveyard and the battlefield at the same time to do it i mean look you you gave oh, me oh what's that my <laughs> number of times i kept putting frozen tusker back on top of my library yeah <laughs> and i'm like i'm drawing this is, fiction this every like, turn it's, it's like just a six man okay l- l- the, we don't disagree a about six it man draw two uh i think it's like <laughs> draw net one <laughs> yeah um it's a six man to draw two we don't we don't fundamentally disagree. I think that like I think that the agency that you're looking for is like 
something that you need to just like release yourself from when it comes to playing like yeah i mean i get it it's like a green white deck like there's a reason why we're playing four sylvans now every like all of us anybody if you're listening to this podcast right now go ahead and buy like i only own two fbb sylvan libraries and i was like i bought the only i bought the only legend sylvan library for cool stuff today and i bought Four stupid Dominaria remastered ones because I can't stand looking at the whiteboard. So, so for months, okay, I'll need to borrow this. For months, I was like, <laughs> oh, Rich plays two Sylvan main deck and one Sylvan sideboard. Like, he's got all these Sylvan libraries. And I'm like, I only have two FBBs. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's only right to have two. So I don't have to play any more why copies. Do think, why do you think we had one Mox Diamond in? Yeah, yeah, it's only one you own. Seriously, yeah. think so, about this for a second. <laughs> I think one is the right. Yeah, number. yeah, you're just like Lan. Sure? Lan, I think it's a, one. Well, but if Lan has like cataclysm anymore, but if Lan had four, then four. you could have borrowed. Maybe. You could have borrowed two, and then you could play three, and he could play two, or we, well, you had five between the two of you. Okay. Anyways, yeah, well, regardless, one of the deck list, and Rich Shea played one of the deck list because that's what we have if 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 i fundamentally disagreed with you like i would not have like tried to up the sylvan count or tried to up the cycling land count i like i fundamentally agree with you but the the result like the resulting deck and the resulting outcome is a deck that is basically i said it before i'll say it again it's 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 the it's the it's what the rock was trying to sell you where you actually have game in every matchup and you actually feel like you actually feel like a real deck because you're playing power, like you're playing cards that are actually powerful, right? Like the rock cards are powerful, but they're powerful sometimes. Like how many, how many, uh, uh, sphere resistance you need to have in play against landstill for one of them to matter. Yeah. But you know, right. Like that's, I, I think like, but it, that, that's just even believe me that that matchup's unwinnable. And then I was just like, it's unwinnable. <clears throat> well, if the, if the blue white player knows Mike, how to play, <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. don't know how to play half the time because they're playing blue white. I mean, <laughs> God, I don't understand how you don't like it's so good. It's such a good deck. It's Every so card costs a hundred mana. Every it's single so card. Rewarding I'm just like looking at my hand every single time. I'm just like, I can cast up to one spell this turn. Like, are are we having fun? Uh, sometimes is, I'll cast two spells. Archery. It's just like impulse. You, you, you only need to cast one spell, but <laughs> You pop the balloon. Ugh, it, it's archery. I, I, like Fran has no reason to disbelieve, um, you know, his results with uh, against Landstill. I do think that his opponents probably did not like, did not understand Fran's deck. Like, you know, there is the there is just the brew effect where, like, you know, the first time, um, Fran like finds an angle, like his opponents are un- unprepared for it. And I think any player uh, who's prepared with a blue white control deck with Landstill, you know, is going to have a very easy time against Oath Plush. Um, and that's just true of like, that's just true of Landstill and the Rock. It's like, if you know what you're doing, you know what you have to do in all the matchups. No, and the Rock can beat Landstill. I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, la- decks like Landstill and the Rock reward you for being prepared for what your opponent is doing like oh i see but they reward you for knowledge but and the skill yeah but the problem is master like how did it go Both when police rewards you for drawing the correct half of your how game. how did how did it go when you put roman brand new to the format on landstill and you were playing oath blues who won that one yeah but i had to work him into the last turn where i played a bunch of 
played a bunch of stuff to test spell him, and then I resolved Terravore Cataclysm in one turn. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, I, I had to, I had to put that together for like thirteen turns. Yeah, but that you still won. Like, that's the point. It's just that, like, you're gonna, uh, you know, like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like you can you can i knew you were gonna bring that up because roman was really sad after i did that he's just like i'm new to the format why did you work me like yeah why did yeah exactly i can't i can't help it (laughs) i have to play like me yeah i mean i would be scared like you know there's reason to be like i do think that land still is a deck that if you're like super good at magic you're super like you know you you put your research in you put a lot of reps in you like know what you're doing you know what all your tech cards are like i would be scared like I do think that like Landstill guy, um, you know, is a scary guy to play against um, uh, at the tournament. Like, you know, the, somebody who just mainlines Landstill. Ironically, I don't know any Landstill guys besides Dave Daniels. I mean, Brian Selden is, I think of him as Landstill. Guy. I mean, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him out in these streets. So that's part that's part of the problem. You think he's not going to be there to defend his lobster gun title? Well, that's when it matters. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to wait until then. But as far as our uh, our cash tournaments are are concerned, um, you know, we've got bigger slash smaller fish to fry. Um, I, Mostly I, smaller. I think that I think the SCG con <laughs> might might attract uh, some interesting people. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, if you can pull the grinders out of their they're out of playing like a standard or pioneer tournament like that day, then. Uh, it could be a good time. Like I, I, if I can make it, um, it's going to be a tight turnaround for me. Cause I fly back from, uh, San Diego that day, uh, or that weekend. Um, if I can make it, you know, my plan would be to try to bring extra pre-modern decks to try to hook, hook the, uh, the, the regular grinders, uh, into pre-modern. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the time will tell like more people are playing oath Plush, And I think that, it's like i don't know like i think it like when i play it i just don't feel the same way that you do like i still feel i feel like i'm doing something like powerful i feel like i like uh have cards that are good in a lot of matchups i and the only thing that i struggle with is like you know playing in a weird like low resource environment where um having like a better understanding of how to grind uh you know helps me the the cards that's not the problem the cards are powerful the problem is like a third of the cards are only good in one matchup and then a different third of the cards are only good in one matchup it's just sphere it's just which ones you draw it's just sphere oath and and plow the rest sphere oath plow none of those are good in some matchups right like cataclysm is not good in some matchups cataclysm is pretty is pretty good across matchups it rarely comes out like the only it's any matchup that has an island in it it's cataclysm forecasting cost sorcery people won't play a two casting cost sorcery to play against dreadnought but you think you're going to resolve a forecasting cost sorcery against a deck that has gush i mean I, I mean like it's it's actually part of uh you know part of the only way like it's part of your angle to to win in that matchup because having sphere cataclysm can shut the door on them just having sphere messes them up I mean, yeah the but they is, can is, they can draw out a sphere so the 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 way that matchup works is that they either win fast in which case you have to sphere or they win slow right um and if they win slow then they have to do it by 
amassing um amassing you know the nine card hand right or the 11 card hand and so you can disrupt that by cataclysming with a with a sphere on the table and then and then they're sort of then that allows you to flip the matchup like i wouldn't keep all four cataclysm in but i think um i don't know we can probably dig out a fran video where uh where he at least keeps keeps some copy in it's bad against oh, I, monogreen I think, <laughs> I think it is a plausible plausible matchup uh in favor of green white don't get me wrong i'm just saying like I, I don't even I don't know, Mike. All I'm hearing is that you only want to ever win game one. And then you are you're just like, you know, you have no respect for the fact that you just like, you know, start with a bunch of bangers so you can steal game one or like feel pretty good game one because you might draw the right banger. And then game two, your deck is all bangers. <laughs> like, what's wrong with that? I don't know. Have you ever played against Stasis? I have. <laughs> That's not fun. I'm afraid didn't have free of just, revelation. Like normally decks with just, a billion mana sources lady, are actually kind of good. Telling, I'm not saying it's an unplayable deck. I'm saying it's not the best deck in the format. It's not a tier one deck. I mean, like, I that, think it's literally just not a tier one deck. I, mean, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what criteria you need for a tier one deck because there's other decks you could name that would have all the same qualities that, that this deck doesn't there aren't. say they're there a tier aren't. one deck. There aren't. Really? Yeah, they're 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 Do you they're think the average aren't. card quality? Do you think the average card quality in in Oath Pelush exceeds the average card quality of mulliganing to either a Hermit Druid or a Survival of the Fittest? I'll wait. I mean, I don't think like that. There's a reason why I have that in the Needs More Data column. Like, if people played that deck and I got to see it in action more often, then like I'd have an opinion about it. But like, it it evaporated from consciousness, and so like you know whatever. Like, oh, sorry, I mean, you're talking. You're talking about Hermit Feb. I mean, I think that Hermit Feb is is scratching tier one. The only issue is that I think it loses to like a bunch of stuff. It loses to an opponent who has any idea what's going on. I mean, the thing <laughs> is, like, most of the things that you think about about Oath Pollution can be applied to conventional Devourer. Conventional Devourer no, no, has insane I, I play, hard quality. I play more Devourer than than uh, you know uh, than most people, and I can tell you that the and the it has insane card quality. It doesn't. It it literally can't figure out what the last uh, what like the last ten cards are. Like Tangle Wire is like super bad, right? And so is yeah, but Tinker so is so is super so is Amulet, but Tinker but the Tinker is not like Tinker isn't okay. Tinker is like a good card, right? But all Tinker is in the Devourer deck is um uh is like a split lotus you know it's like it like it, it just kind of has like the a lotusy effect right like dude tinker and show and tell are banned cards show and tell's not right? banned like, in anything show and tell's not banned oh, is it? i thought it was banned. <laughs> it's not banned in anything super, super <laughs> powerful cards that have decks named after them so they, tinker like one card combo they, they got I'm not, banned you know i'm not a defense grid fan it's insane in this deck it's but that's the thing is like I don't think it really supports your angle that the deck is like filled with a bunch of like card quality. Cause like the, one of the issues of the deck is that the card quality is like quite low. If you're not able to handle the axis in which like your opponent's interacting with you. So like, for instance, like devour is like not a great deck against goblins, you know, because they're, they're just going to lack you wasteland you. So unless you have like a turn, 
a turn three kill that can like you know play through a wasteland you know you're not in in great shape like uh that's why goblins is like such, such a sick deck right because goblins like doesn't lose to combo yeah. like goblins like doesn't lose to replenish right like replenish they just, also have pyroblast <laughs> yeah like replenish just yeah exactly pyroblast your tinkers just like unreal like pyroblast your pyroblast your careful study i think pyroblast your attunement i think anything i think devour i think devour is um is a is a pretty good deck um but it's not really like i i think i guess like maybe if i started playing it a bunch uh you know i would no one thinks devour is tier one i'm just saying most of the arguments you made in favor of oath pollution are applicable to decks like devour no but i'm certainly applicable i don't like no i mean uh, so don't get me wrong i do think that it's my job to make an argument that is convincing to the public as to the power level of the decks because like you know, I called it the vibes tier list because I didn't want to have arguments over like somebody being like, well, I don't, you know, well, I don't think that, or like, I <laughs> like, I think my deck is good or like my deck has more top eights than your deck. And I'm just kind of like, well, okay, I've played all these decks. Like I've played them. I've played against them. And like, I'm like watched, you know, Fran videos. And I'm just kind of like, this deck feels really, really strong. And this deck feels really, really weak, you know, or like, you know, somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Like when I look I at mean, Hermit Feb going into LobsterCon 2022, I didn't imagine there was a more powerful feeling deck than Red White Rifter. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. But my, like that but my feelings, really my feelings are much more accurate than yours because I have more reps. Like I played more. No, I was playing a lot, but for all the decks that we thought were going to show up, Red White Rifter is awesome. It's great against Elves, it's great against Red. It's amazing against Land still. I don't know. Your testing partner, was, against... testing partner was Pog, so <laughs> maybe you have to revisit your feelings. Look, man, I didn't, I didn't play Rifter <laughs> when I came in third. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it felt real good. Yeah, I mean, I certainly could, I certainly could be headed towards. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You were off that deck for a very specific, correct reason, and like i played if, it in pss and didn't win a freaking <clears throat> match uh well yeah you had to do a little bit too much work because replenish kept, kept on getting banned and you obviously couldn't pick guys blessing stasis my point is like i don't think it's a good analogy uh that you're making which you have purported to hate making uh because um <clears throat> like rifter had had like this super super fatal flaw that you like you wanted to patch. So like if I thought that the metagame is only landstill and burn and like that actually kind of happened with lobster con 23, which where like metagame was ramping up lots of landstill getting played. I'm like locked in on parfait. And my, my plan was like, okay, well I'm, if it's so long as it's not Brian Selden, I'm just going to beat the landstill player. Like I'm just going to try to beat them. Right. I'm just like going to try to be better. They're not going to be ready for, uh, iridescent angel or whatever you know they're not going to be ready for uh <clears throat> like they're, they're not going to be ready for a hard cast seven drop well they're not going to be ready for uh you know dress armageddon right like I, i'm gonna have i'm gonna have three that's three dresses in game one and like that's you know that's sort of new tech like oh the parfait only had two i'm like i have three like my plan is gonna be dress armageddon uh and i'm gonna be like good at executing or like you know or i'm just gonna brief like i'm just gonna stick tax rack and it's gonna work but um uh as as far as like uh my feelings about oath pollution goes like it's it's mostly just like okay well i've played the deck i watched the deck like i i do think i can downgrade it because one of the things is like i don't play a lot of goblins and elves because like i don't really learn anything new 
like when I play them. Like I just like I'm just like I'll, I'll like play goblins for like three reps. I'm like, OK, this deck's great. <laughs> like, you know, it's like blue eye dreadnought. It's like I don't have to play the deck anymore. Like I just I just know I just know what it's like. I know that it's good. Like, um, you know, and I know what it loses to and what it doesn't lose to. And like the only interesting thing left to like figure out about the deck is like brain freeze and Armageddon and, and like how many how many of each. And like, you know, if we need like reps against like Landstill or the rock to like figure out our brains freeze and Armageddon situation. But other than that, you know, the 75 is pretty locked in with four impulse. Um, but, uh, you know, Oath Polish is a new deck. And when I played it, I kind of just got that initial impression where I was just kind of like, okay, this deck is like pretty powerful and, you know, it wins in, in a lot of good spots. And like, uh, and, and like granted that was like my first five matches when my first five matches, like, you know, went really well. And then the, the one match that I lost, I was just kind of like, okay, like that one I could chalk up to like my opponent having d- double dark ritual shenanigans or whatever. Um, since then, uh, like I've definitely lost more. I like, you know, my next run was like two, three or whatever, but one was like a mirror to Fran. Uh, and I, you know, I've felt out situations where the deck has some weaknesses, but I just didn't have the same experience as you. Like you were just like, you were just like, you were fighting uphill from from match one and just like you know uh hungry uh the entire time and just like you have like this huge negative association with like having the deck in your hands um and i you know i just like i i don't know i'm just like i play it feels good it feels like a great deck like burn feels don't get me wrong i mean burn feels like a great deck like um i just think that uh people come to like people don't come to meetups with blue white dreadnought because it's just like same thing it's like it's not that much fun <laughs> you're not gonna get that much science done like you're just gonna win the meetup whatever <laughs> like like you know I, i'd rather blue play for a while <clears throat> yeah why did you do that because you're lending out your flood trance but why did you do that yeah part my two? Trance were in my blue white deck but <laughs> why did you do that part two like you know you just enjoy playing blue red dreadnought more than you play blue white and i just like think that blue white's just like not a lot of fun to play um, but then when the chips are down, like, I don't know why only Kaplan showed up to Sacred Torch, the Blue-Eyed Dreadnought. Um, but, you know, he... Well, I was playing until Landy Hoth was invented. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this deck is sweet. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's also content creator points. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know... Yeah, but now that... I, I, I can't wait to try the... I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. I want to try some of Rich's innovations because I think words of whatever is cool. I think the, I always wanted to play Abundance, but we only had one Sylvan. Now, if you're playing three or four Sylvans, it changes the game. Right? Yeah. Um, but like, do I really need to play the Zers weirding? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to play. Rich the says that's how you win. You know, but I'm like more interested in the Zers than the um, than the Armageddon even. Dude, the wor- like the I, words is insane. Well, I mean, I, uh, we'll see. I don't know. Feels unnecessary. Eight fifteen a turn. Uh, feels unnecessary, but um, I, I I would need to kind of feel it out in action. When I tried it, uh, obviously the deck seemed good. Like I just like advanced the shit out of a dreadnought opponent. I'm like, okay, well, advanced is good against dreadnought. Like I didn't need didn't need to know that. Um, but uh, yeah, but those were those were the elements that we originally had in the deck, right? To go up to four abands to crush dreadnought and yeah yeah yeah. Because like I think people just don't understand the infinite dreadnought. I'm sorry, the infinite guy's blessing abands loop. That was like the whole thing I built in the loop junction, right? That and then land just had the more powerful version with the third guy's blessing and four yeah. advances. Right? Well, I mean, and there's no reason like, for people to people to know that because they still have failed to encounter advanced guy's blessing decks. And it's just like super, it's like a super dumb edge case that 
like only players like Michael J and Rich Shea like to have in their decks because they imagine worlds in which they're at libraries and time hasn't been called or their opponent has not like lost to fatigue. That's how I beat Cam. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That's, that's I, I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. Like, I would love to at, at infinite life. Don't you explain... dream of getting into that situation? No, I. Uh, there's like a reason Zer's weirding is in the deck so that you're just like, okay, well, instead of waiting till we're at libraries, how about I just play this enchantment? And then you lose on the spot and it's awesome. Like Zer's, Zer's is, is really good. Like uh, all the people who've been doubting Rich on, on Zer's, um, I'm pretty confident that Rich is right about Zer's weirding. I, you know, it turns out if it's like the card in, um, you know, new parfait, but, uh, like in old parfait, it's, like can we call it Landy Hoth? <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. Uh, Landy Rich Hoth. I mean, I don't know. I I, I like. I I think the, the problem was you stopped playing. It. You had to you had to you had to uh, give it a little bit more reps, make a little bit more content. Maybe maybe trick Fran into making a video about it. Because um, uh, it is. A, I I feel like it's a kind of deck you would like. It's very parfaitish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's, I it's like a more proactive parfait. It felt, it felt, if I felt very comfortable playing, uh, playing Rich's list. Uh, you know, it's I just mean, like multiple for manlands and wastelands is awesome. That right? part, that part, I care less about, like because you know how I feel about mulch. But uh, I think it's very I, I am not, I am not ready to play a deck that is going to be strictly worse than parfait, like. I've always avoided it because I've just been like, okay, well, like, you know, is this deck going to like absolutely crush like everyone who like, you know, doesn't know what's happening to them. And then also like a good percentage of the people who do know what's happening to them, you know, like, so does I, the deck, the like it doesn't have four and light. It doesn't have four and tutors. It's like, I just like want to beat goblins first, every single game. Like that's the, the first, the first PTQ I ever won. I played the cards. Got, uh, Demonic Consultation, Necropotence, and Thawing Glaciers. Of those three cards, all three were banned in, uh, <laughs> in the formats relevant to uh, to what I won with. If I had a rule that I would never play a deck that was strictly worse than the first deck I ever won a PTQ with, I would have never played Magic again. I mean, I'm I'm I just like don't want to play uh, in neutered parfait. Like I'd rather just play Oathblush because like I like you know I like Oathblush. And it's been putting up results. It got second in the monthly. It lost to Rich Shea, obviously. Um, yeah, on Landy Hoth. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to beat Rich Shea because he knows what's going on and you tend not to, uh, you know, in comparison to him. Yeah, but um, he, he, this is a great example. How does Oath Palouche conceivably beat a guy's blessing in a sword supply shows? How can you ever win? You just, it's you like just six get, ways to win total. Yeah, you just you just have to you have to get under, obviously. You have to do it before their machinery is set up. And they also have like wastelands for your manlands. So they yeah. can just trade off manlands and they have wastelands. I'm not, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned with my Rich A matchup. Okay. Like Rich A is going to beat me no matter what deck I'm playing. So you beat him to win the PSS. Yeah. That was, that was like unbelievable <laughs> luck. Like the amount of luck involved to make that happen was like just like completely unreal. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just thinking about this. Just like most of the things you said about. Oath Pollution are literally just applicable to Landy Hoth, but Landy Hoth is a more cohesive strategy. I mean, I think, I think, you know, 
um, you just need to you just need to leverage your clout a little harder, or you and Rich can leverage your clout together to try to get people playing the deck, because at least I don't... a lot of people have picked up Fran's deck, and a lot of people, uh, you know, a reason when I say a lot, I'm just saying like three people, like you know, uh, I've been hearing, I've been Man, hearing good things. I don't think both Pelusha's quote a bad deck. I just don't think it's the best deck in the format. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I think it's probably goblins, but. I wanted to make sure that my tier list had a hot take, so I had more clicks on it. So, sue me. Oh, okay. That oh, I can respect. respect <laughs> yeah, content. It's like I just start, I've been saying all pod, all podcasts that like, Goblins is probably just the best deck. It was probably the best deck in the Parfait era too. Like, Always the, was the best deck. It's just so. I mean, Goblins is so insane. Like, it's so ins- It's like sinister how insane it is because it's like it's like a creature deck. Like it's just a deck with creatures in it, and like the curve is super high. You have like. They have like 11 ones, four twos. Yeah, but if you pay zero 12, mana for your five, 12 threes, like four fours and four fives, and and like, I don't know, random wasteland. <laughs> like, just Man, like, what if I, what if I had a black lotus every turn? I drew a black lotus, but it also dealt one damage to someone, not to me, to my opponent. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> my opponent takes one and I get to black lotus. I, I, you would have the most powerful uh, card in the format, maybe. Um, Alas, it loses to the true most powerful card in the format, which is Swords of Plowshares, and the second most powerful card in the format, Oath of Druids. So, uh, Mog Fanatic and Blue Elemental Blast are also quite good against this deck. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know what's hilarious to me? Caleb had multiple Circular Protection Red, Warmth, and Engineered Plague, and he also connected multiple times with Exalted Angel in game one, and he got browned by the red deck. I love to see it. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a testament to the power okay so um i am willing to consider that burn like it's abundantly clear to me that burn is a good slash great choice for a tournament right now uh the reason being uh sorry i start hearing some knocking um the reason being um uh uh the reason being that let me make sure whatever the, the, the reason being that um if blue eyed dreadnought is scared of goblins and doesn't show up to play then burns burns quite good right because you're really just trying to dodge dreadnought and the dodge dreadnought strategy has been pretty effective for uh you know flint espel and co at times so yeah but also i think people have not had the six blast version that I'm playing now that you got me to play. I think like six blasts probably changes the game. It's really, it's, I think it's gonna be hard to go off against that. I, I agree, but you still need a not like, then you're like not tapping, like you're not <laughs> jackal pupping on turn one. Um, yeah, but you don't have to beat them in gear one. You could beat them in gear three. Yeah. But you know, sometimes your deck draw, like only draws two lands and then, like you're gonna spend one mana a turn or zero mana a turn so you can like threaten blast. It's like it's very awkward. Like overload is undeniably a, a better card against specifically dreadnought. Yeah, so I don't know if you saw the argument I was having in not no, too many words, said, too many words. <laughs> where I said basically like overload is a bad card, no one should play it. It's bad in every situation. And except for against is better. Except for against dreadnought. Except for against dreadnought. I said, but if you just want to beat Dreadnought, why don't you just play Mog Salvage? Like Mog Salvage is literally just much better against Dreadnought than Overload. Yeah. And in almost every other artifact situation, Mog Salvage is just fine. Yeah, I'm right? Like with you that. can't even overload a smokestack. 
You could mock salvage a smoke stack. You could actually realistically mock salvage. Can you lose to a smoke stack, though, Mike? I'm just saying, like, think of an artifact that you might want to blow up. Like, there aren't mock, any. Mock the only one I want to blow up is Dreadnought. Then you should play Mog Salvage. I know. I know. I agree. <clears throat> In all other cases, it's just a bad. It's just better. a bad argument to talk about Smokestack. Like, like, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just trying to name an art. You can't name an artifact. It's like Billy on the street. Name a woman. Name an artifact. Do it. It's just Dreadnought. If you're gonna name an artifact, I, I actually think Detonate is absolutely fine. It's pretty good at killing like, killing 12 12s it's not the best is mog salvage if you're going to compare it to anything just you why why mention detonate why not just say why not just say mog I salvage just, my whole point is like overload sucks <laughs> yeah but why but don't say overload sucks and 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 uh detonates better just say overload sucks and mog salvage is better <laughs> like i don't know why They're, i don't know why we're talking about noble. detonate isn't detonate a sorcery <laughs> Yeah, but it's better. It's better than Overload. Unacceptable. Okay, over. Okay, here's the thing. Overload sucks. That's the name of this podcast. I was so liberated when you got me to cut the overloads from my stupid sideboard in favor of of Red Elemental Blast. I mean, I did lose sideboard cards for the Mirror because I have. I, I would. Have, I hate to admit, I have overloaded a Curse Scroll. I think, and that was pretty good. I think Meltdown is better than Detonate. Yeah, I used to play Meltdown when there was Parphase. Yeah, right. I think Meltdown no is Parphase anymore. Yeah, but Meltdown can melt, Meltdown can catch can catch some spare diamonds and uh, Sphere of Resistance against Elf Bluesh, and it can catch all of the permanents on the Tinker. I'm the not side artifact removal card against Oath Bluesh. I'm too busy crisping their freaking face. Um, against the the <laughs> welder zero resistance against the Tinker welder deck, uh, you can melt them down. If 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 for whatever reasons people start playing decks that contain artifacts that don't have power and toughness, twelve twelve and trample, um, like then you can start playing anything other than Mog Salvage. I agree with that, and I think that if if but you're the if, present universe of artifact removals, Mog Salvage is the one we should play. Agreed. It's I, just better than Overload. I agree completely. I just don't know why you had to mention Detonate. <laughs> I was like, just I was trying to create conscious because caffeinated got mad, too. Right. But I'm just trying to say, like, overload is so bad. Detonate is better. And like, detonate's unplayable. But like, I'm not saying I would play detonate. Yeah, that's why you don't mention I'm detonate. Saying, <laughs> that's why you I'm construct an argument. Overload around. is so bad. It's worse than detonate. A card you would never play. Ugh, but this is, all y'all idiots have it in your sideboard. This is why you should just play Mog Salvage. This is why uh this is why people don't get you, Mike, because you in order to win an argument about overload, you're talking about detonate and not like not the actual argument that you're trying to pose, which is mog salvage, which is a good argument. Like it's like you're doing the opposite of um of winning a small argument to to win a large argument right you're, you're instead of instead of winning the large argument which is mog salvage the best you'd rather fight about detonate versus overload which just doesn't matter because the large argument's all that matters no it's like detonate. it's at least it's at least debatable detonate versus overload overload is an instant it's one mana and uh, it kills all the artifacts in the format at instant speed and it kills Phyrexian. Like 
and then you're just like, okay, well, let's not talk about Dreadnought. It's like, then let's just talk about like, you see what I'm saying? It's just like, why get into an argument about detonate when you can just say like Mog Salvage is clearly better than Overload and the only artifact in the, the format only is Phyrexian Dreadnought. Then the card you should have is Mog and Salvage. Exactly, That's my exactly. Ergo, <laughs> ergo Mog Salvage is better than Overload because the only artifact in the format that you care about destroying is Phyrexian Dreadnought. But I, then I said, as a corollary, if you wanted to blow up hybrid <laughs> no, powers, no, and, of, and you wanted to blow end up Zer's I would rather blow them up with the detonate. You can't, yeah, yeah. It, funnily enough, there's no In more theory, ivory towers. Yeah, no one plays those cards though. Yeah, so I've got a hell of a card. Blow up I've got a hell of a card for Zern Orb and Ivory Tower. It costs one RR, and it's just a good card against not those cards, <laughs> anyways. Detonate, detonate is unplayable. <laughs> Meltdown is better than detonate. Mog salvage is better than all this. Uh, you're about to say pulverize. Um, Pulverino, yeah. Which the fire blast for artifacts. Um, yeah. Okay. So there's an elephant token on it. You like elephant tokens? I love elephant tokens. Um, yeah. Pulverino. So so um. Don't, don't, don't. Anyways, um, I think that. We are agreed. Mog Salvage is the card. Um, I think that people. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I like. I understand the idea that you want to be more flexible than Mog Salvage, but um, I think if you consider that it is just like ex like it's so extraordinarily better than Dreadnought and Dreadnought like versus Dreadnought and Dreadnought is going to get played at a much higher rate than any other deck containing artifacts that you're trying to destroy. Um, like it's certainly better. Uh, I do think that that might leave you to get caught by a Zern orb. Um, and I do still think that you should just play sulfuric vortex and, uh, that just elegantly solves the problem as well as the words of worship problem, as well as the Bayloth problem. Oh, um, and the spike feeders. I, I love a sulfuric vortex. Um, so, uh, that's I, our you analysis. know, I've always played Sulfuric Vortex for as long as it's existed as a magic card, right? Yeah, it doesn't surprise I've me. Always had it. It's always been on my team. Yeah, I mean, I can like I can imagine red mages everywhere rejoicing when that card was printed. Like, All right, I'm gonna call it. We were supposed to end 43 minutes ago, but this is the Spike Colony podcast, so we never end. Yeah, unless one of us says, "I think we should call it." No. Literally, we were supposed to stop at eight. It's now 8:43. Yeah, um, I, I I agree that. Um, we should definitely call it. And uh, okay. Anyways, the final thoughts. I think that burn is increasingly a good choice for a tournament. Uh, I think my only hang up was it boasting a sketchy blue white dreadnought matchup, um, a problem that could be solved with Mog Salvage. Uh, you're kind of invincible, right? If you just start for Mog Salvage for blast. And then just like, what do you like? What do you need lava darts for? <laughs> just forget the lava darts, or I don't know what what else. What else is in your so side? You need cards for the mirror. That's the that's the problem. Like, Jackalpup is really bad. Imagine every single card in your opponent's deck is a searing blaze. Okay, that that's what Jackalpup. Sideboard, is. like sideboard is four mog salvage, four blast, three lava dart. Um, what else? One curse scroll. One curse scroll, which you can try to find space for in the main deck. Two um, pop. Oh, forgot about pops. Damn. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So it's four pop, 
four pop, four yeah, salvage. So look look four at my blast. look at my sideboard array against the rock. I have an extra sulfuric vortex and four pop. <laughs> I have five relevant cards coming in against the rock. You're gonna cut us down to two relevant cards. This is why I like happens. playing all the vortexes main. And then yeah, but your deck is <clears throat> your deck is a different. I, I mean, I'm not gonna like. I think caffeinated's build is better than yours, but that's not the argument I'm gonna make. I'm just gonna say you're playing a different deck. Your deck is just a slower deck. Yeah, but caffeinated's deck is a way better Inherently. gear one deck. Yeah, and well, like the I the thing that I found playing modern burn versus pre modern burn is because the concentration of one mana spells is so high because you have four grim lava mancer four four jackal pup that are like these cards that cost one mana and basically do two to six damage each game. You just play gear one so much more than modern burn. And I, and like, I'm just constantly in gear one versus in modern burn. I'm constantly in gear two, right? I'm only like, I, I love to be in gear two. But I didn't, I didn't give any of that but up. In, in pre-modern, you're just, yeah, you did. You gave it up by lower consistency. You don't no, have any, cut... you don't have I cut, cut shock. Um, no, I just um, shock. I didn't cut shock. I cut one copy. You two shock in your deck. I didn't have two shock. You have two. You have no baubles. Baubles are one of the things that make the deck glue together because they play fewer lands as a result. Well, I don't know. You can find a way to make it work. Just figure it out. Just figure it out. Yeah, at you, home. I, you have a thousand. Put all your spells versus. Put all your sideboard cards in the main deck. I mean, Curse Scroll is not a gear one card, so like you're free to. Um, you're free. Yeah, there's to only two the copies scale. in Caffeinated's deck, though. Yeah. Well, so Sulfuric you Vortex. Need to have some. Sulfuric Vortex is more gear one than Curse Scroll. Why not just sideboard in the Curse Scrolls instead of sideboarding in Vortexes? I want. I want. I want a main deck Curse Scroll for land still, the mirror. And grow a tog. Yeah. The grow a tog, like, which is which is in fast, I mean, fast becoming a very, very, very you, scary deck. If you have uh never experienced this, Lanny and I had the exact same reaction at the exact same time. I just cast a curse scroll. The first time we played a meetup, which is two meetups ago, right? There's all the curse scroll. We look at each other, you're just like, I could never win. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't think you can win. <laughs> this just kills every creature in your deck. It's like Psychotog or no at this point. And if you go Psychotog, I'm just going to empty my hand in your face, right? Like, it, it's absolutely invincible in the Growatog matchup. If you land that card, that's why he had to play Frostbringer out, out of the sideboard to contain uh, the red deck's ability to utilize its mana. Yeah, so and it's, and it's just... sick against White Weenie, obviously. Silver Knights be damned. And it's sick in the mirror. Okay, well then, why don't we just right? um, I don't know, four salvage, four blast, four pop, two dart, one dart. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, and now I'm just jackalpup dot deck in the mirror. I'm I'm jackalpup dot deck in the mirror, and I have four sulfuric vortex. I'm never winning the mirror. Yeah, you you make a fair point, but then you're just saying four salvage, two blast four pop no i'm playing zero salvage i'm just saying if you were going to play overload you might as well play mog salvage that's the argument i made yeah but you you don't want to like let's say you're gonna you're trying to win a tournament uh and you're gonna plan on running into dreadnought up to two times in the tournament like you want to have a plan right aren't you aren't you more likely to run into dreadnought twice than the burn mirror twice anyways not in the recent New York meetups. Burn has been all over the place. Not in Misty. Yeah, Red but was in all the... 
I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't count. No meetups. one played Dreadnought in the last three in the last three meetups. But yeah, that's that's because it's no fun. It was just mono. It's either no fun or um, I don't know. Our homies don't own Dreadnoughts for some reason. I mean, I did it for content. I don't <laughs> literally played Iron Lungs's unplayable Phyrexian furnaces for content. I mean, like they're they're. I mean, not I good. guess I'll just I'll just play Dreadnought next time and just like play Dreadnought for like four weeks in a row until people stop bringing burn and then and then we'll go back to how things should be. Like you just bully burn out of the format by playing Dreadnought. Like it's just like you know your Mog Salvage tech. I'm thinking about this now. I'm just like, it's actually not that good, right? Because I'm just going to play Dreadnought and you're going to be like, okay, I will like, oh, Dreadnought. I'm like, stifle. You'll be like, salvage. I'll be like, vision charm. Vision charm. And you're going to be like, blast. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the end. And then you're like, the okay, I guess I'll plow my Dreadnought gain 12. Go. <laughs> good yeah, cards. I got you. Good cards. I got you. <laughs> like, like, you six times with the Jackal Pup back to even. <laughs> Rock and roll. Yeah. I, I think. I think it's I think it's it's rough. I think you need to be in a like six blast four. We salvage. said we were gonna call it six minutes ago. Just saying to you. You need to watch the last quarter of this basketball game. Okay, fine. Um Burn can't beat Dreadnought. You have to play Dreadnought because Burn's <laughs> a good deck now. Um and then you have to play Goblins because Goblins beats Dreadnought and sometimes beats Burn. Love Spike Colony. Love Spike Colony, love Mike. Love Cavs. All right. Bye.